You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. All right, hello and welcome into another edition of Three Ma. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young and Cole Manbeck. Uh, we are recording our football preview here as we sit live at Colbert Hills. We've been here for the for the players Wildcat NIL uh, golf tournament that's going on to uh, raise some money for K State student athletes, which has been awesome. And uh, hopefully, you guys have been enjoying that content as well. We'll have some more coming out from that. Some interviews that we recorded out here today. Uh, it has been a a very good time. But uh, as always. Uh, please make sure to enjoy our friends at Holiday Distillery. In fact, they have been out here at Colbert Hills today. Why don't you raise your glasses? I'm drinking uh, drinking uh, a mixture that Wyatt at uh, Holiday Distillery made me earlier. I think it's uh, a mule uh, of some sort, but it tastes delicious. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the formal name, but it's amazing. Okay, uh, DY DY just going straight. Uh, ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon. Over there. Good work. So 360 Vodka or Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon, two great choices from our friends at Holiday Distillery. Great K-State folks who support us, so please get out and support them. Make sure you're stocked up for back-to-back home games, people. You have, you have plenty of tailgating to do over the next couple of weeks, and we are rolling our eyes because this bee is back at us again. It has been terrorizing us here. Uh, we did one take of the pod that we had to restart because we were all fleeing this bee so if any of us has a, a crazy reaction at some point during this podcast just know it is because uh, of a bee chasing after us so I hopefully we'll be okay i'm not scared of the bee i'm i'm gonna brave it out now and uh the blooper reel that may be available yeah i mean i'm a little scared of the bee uh this show will be a little bit different we don't have like the full formatted typical football preview that we do we're gonna we're gonna wing it a little bit more than we we normally would but you know hopefully that that works out pretty well uh DY, you were at the press conference on Tuesday. Uh, biggest takeaways from what Chris Kleiman had to say outside of, I mean, I, I guess it sounds like they feel like Willie may actually play. Uh, he's not on the depth chart, so I was under the assumption, no chance. And Tuesday here, he may practice Wednesday. So they're at least giving him a fighting chance to be available on Saturday when, when they play TCU. I think it's a big deal about how the Horned Frogs recruit they always have talent to skill position. So you want to be good at corner. You want to be good, you know, on those parts of your defense. Now they have a quarterback that we probably don't know a whole lot about. Seen a small sample size with Josh Hoover. And by the way, another backup quarterback. They can't stay faces. They're like the TCU of last year a little bit. Just see backup QB after backup QB. Uh, Josh Hoover to me seems like he's better than I've ever seen Chandler Morris look. I mean, I you know. Maybe at some point, Sunday nights were realized that maybe Chandler Morris shouldn't be the guy. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, Chandler Morris has been okay this year. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine, but the alternative each time seems better than five. Five and a half yards per carry, 250 yards on the ground, 1,500 yards passing, 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. I I love that. Yeah, how that have have that memorized. I'm actually impressed. All all I'm saying is TCU has had better than fine behind Chandler Morris. Well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising at all if Sonny Dykes, you know, skip lucked into another quarterback, a better quarterback again. I mean, that would be typical Sonny Dykes, who had a fluke season last year and is now back to reality of 
you know, it'll be a seven, eight win coach at TCU. But maybe Kansas State started the wrong quarterback this year too. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, yes, as much as I made fun of it and made that joke. D.Y., I feel like you might need to pull the, the mic a little closer. Yeah, just a little here. closer, D.Y. Yeah. I yeah. thought you were hitting my leg because I thought the bee was on my leg. Oh. And I thought that was a light, like, little love tap to kill the bee. But, oh, there we go. It's a love tap. So much better. No, I mean, look. It was nice. There's certainly a discussion to be had about uh, quarterbacks at K-State, too. And uh, I'm sure that is something that, you know, I mean, look, we can get into it right now because I do know that was something addressed at the press conference and or on the depth chart with, Will Howard and Avery Johnson, Chris Kleiman didn't tip his hand at all at the uh, press conference. They're they're going to be coordinator pressers later today, as we record this here on Thursday. But I don't know how are, how are you feeling about this right now? I, I went on with the three sixty five sports guys yesterday, and they were asking me about the the quarterback thing, and I was kind of like, look, I I think Avery Johnson probably should start. That's what I would do. That's what I would prefer but I am not entirely convinced that that will be the case because we we know the staff has a loyalty to their players. I think sometimes to a fault, sometimes it works out very well, but it makes me wonder how serious they would be about going with, with Avery, like going full sin on, on Avery being the quarterback. Typically that, that loyalty is rewarded, so I don't think it's as much of a flaw as other people think it that it is. I think it lost in the Texas game last year. I will still say yeah, that. Yeah, that was Cole and I talked about that a few weeks ago or actually a few minutes ago when you weren't around, talk behind your back how a couple weeks before that you were also eviscerated Will Howard at Big 12. Yes, but I was. But I turned quickly. I turned quickly. Yes, um, but sometimes it's not great. I, look, they, they'll probably, they're usually a week late. I say usually this hasn't happened a whole lot. So I tend to think it'll look like a lot like Texas Tech. Uh, you give Will Howard the start. You give him one drive, two drives, whatever it may be. And if it's not touchdown, touchdown, then maybe you're going back to Avery Johnson. If it is touchdown, touchdown, does Will just stay on the field? Yeah. I like, so. is it like UCF? It'd be like the UCF yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, why would you take, see, this is where the problem of a two QB system can go. I don't think you can marry yourself to who gets what drive if you're going to do this. It's a little bit like how they've successfully done the running back situation between DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward, when DJ Giddens was going out, Ward was unavailable. They just let DJ Giddens go. Last week, Trayshawn Ward was going, and they let DJ on the bench. So if yeah. Will goes touchdown, touchdown, it's not like, oh, we have to go Avery Johnson third drive. I don't I don't think that's the case. I don't think it can. It's, it's interesting because Kleiman brought that up, right? The running back position is kind of getting overshadowed. The DJ wasn't on the field really. As, it's not that much different. It's just a quarterback position gets such a point of emphasis, but DJ essentially got put on the bench for much of the second half of that game, and it was Treshawn Ward because he was the hot hand, and it was the same thing with Avery. Did DJ even get a carry in the second half? I, I think he might have had one or two. He had that false start, and then I also might have. <laughs> that might have played a part, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. That was the second time he's done that this year. Is it really? Yeah. Out of the backfield, huh? Well, I still don't even know, was K-State going to run a play there? Or were they just going hard count, going to call a timeout, or take it to lay a game? Well, the fact that he all started, I hope they were running a play. Yeah, well, Will went hard count at first, so I just didn't know. Um, I don't know. If, if he goes hard count and you jump and there's not a play goal. I, yeah, I got to tell you, D.Y., that play frustrated me because I thought Avery should have been on the field for that play. Like, why wouldn't you go fourth and one with your running quarterback? Because yeah. they didn't want to sub. They didn't want Tech to be able to rotate. I, I didn't. There's a there's a subbing element, and I think we overlooked that at times. Also, you become a little predictable, I think. I think 
Avery comes out, run, run, run. Will comes out. Element of that. Again, man, think about a situation like that against TCU or an upcoming opponent. You bring Avery in on like a fourth and one pop pass or the middle of the well, tight end. Think, how wide, if you, if think you just, how wide open that would well, be. Well, no, I know. I yeah. agree. And and that's my argument with Missouri playing when you run yeah. and run all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, it could have been something as simple as later in the game. They had a third and one where they throw it down the line to Phillip Brooks. Everybody sucked in on Avery and then pop it out there and he very easily gets the first down. I think... And that would be my other question, assuming that we are going to see Avery play in this game. By the way, is is the consensus you think that Will Howard will start? That's my gut. Yours? Man, that's a tough call. I, I really go back and forth on this. I, if Will starts, I still think Avery will play a considerable amount, even if the offense is successful. I still think they're going to they're gonna rotate him in. Yeah, I just don't I, think I, you can bring him in when Will touch on touchdown. I don't think he goes touchdown, touchdown, but. I mean, I'm not going to complain if he does. No, I mean, that's the that's the dilemma. And then, you know, it's just, it's not a dilemma. Success is not a dilemma. You'd rather have success. Yeah. It's probably the wrong word. I mean, look. My, Quarterback dilemma. My gut tells me probably Will Howard starts. I think Will Howard starts. Yeah. And it looks a lot like Texas Tech. A couple of tries. Maybe he gets a couple of points on the board. Here comes Avery. Yeah, what? I'm going to make my prediction that Avery starts. Okay. I, I will say this. and And I've been just as guilty of saying Chris Kleiman when I spoke with Andy Staples on the on three show or whatever I said I called Chris Kleiman conservative when it comes to his approach to these types of situations which is probably fair but we have to remember this is the same guy that fired his best friend overhauled his entire offensive system overhauled his entire defensive system so that he could win a big 12 championship people say oh he's afraid to do the things to win championships I've seen that on our message board that couldn't be farther from the truth when it comes to Chris Kleiman. So I will defend him on that. It's just slower, I think, than people would like. In season, yes. maybe. But that happened one time. Like you said, the Will Howard, Adrian Martinez decision against Texas. Well, I think, you know, you said a week late on the quarterback thing last year. I think some people would have said he was a year late on Courtney Messingham. But either way, I, look, I, I am with you. He does deserve credit because he did evolve, and he has evolved a lot since since he got here. And you do have to you do have to give him credit for that for sure. But typically, a little slower moving with this. The, the wild card, I think, is just that we've heard from the jump with Avery. Like they know that he's really special. They think that he's really special. So that gives me a little more There's thought, perhaps, that they would go with Avery here. That he is maybe a special case for them as much as they they love Will and have a lot of emotional investment in him. They realize exactly what they have in Avery. Could be, and as much as the coaching staff loves Will, I think this locker room loves Will even more. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to love Will. I mean, he's a special dude. Um, but, man, I tell you what. I mean, you guys heard the Avery Johnson pod on three months. I did, week. Cole. I listened to it. It took me – It took me. you didn't listen to it? I can't even get you to listen when I record with Avery? No, I've talked to you before. Oh, yeah. So like that's new. my thing. That's, no, no offense. That's why I don't listen to you. Why do you – with the players it's like I've already talked to these guys. that's nice that DY at least sent the text that I, I heard a lot of positive feedback from other people like, I, oh, no, I don't have any because I truthfully didn't actually listen to it John it takes me recording with Avery for him to actually tune in and listen to the pod. John, I got him out for the stars maybe yeah he shows up is that your first one that you listened to? Uh, player interview this year no I listened to one other one I don't well you were on with me with Uso <laughs> oh yeah that was it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. you guys uh, yeah. This is why we're a good trio. We just spoke from each. Yeah. Uh. Well. Anyway, we're the, cool. to, to not move away from the point, my point was like, you hear how mature he was? Like, oh my god, dude, he sounded like 
He sounded like a third year vet in the NFL. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, yeah. you know, I will say this and I, sorry for not listening, but and I've spoken to Avery this year. He was the same, same way two years ago in high school. Yeah. I mean, you, you sent me that text describing Avery right after I got done recording and it was so incredibly accurate of just about how, how mature and measured he is, uh, how he goes about things. And he really was, I mean, I, I felt like I was talking to a grown adult. I mean, he's, he said he intimidated you. Well, I asked him a, a dumb question at one point. I well, mean, what, I didn't listen. No. Uh, well, I texted you when I, I asked him, uh, I was like, remind me, are you, were you a K-State fan growing up? And he was like, yeah. I was like, who was your favorite quarterback? And he was, he does this to me. He's like, really? He didn't like, say Grant Gregory? Carson Kaufman. <laughs> no, he uh, he said Daniel Sams. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, no. No, he, uh, he looked at me, he's like, Daniel really? Sams was out here yeah. tweeting about yeah, it. We, we need him not to be doing that. All right, so... <laughs> Oh, Come on, sir. man. No. Same shape. Uh, Jake Waters. Be still my heart. Daniel Sam's tweeting about Avery Let's... Johnson. I mean, whew, boy. <laughs> All right. Tell you what. <laughs> we have against Daniel Sam's, man. Come on. I've just moved on from it. So it was on the boards the other day. Shout out to KSO. They had a nice little uh, Daniel Sam's discussion there. And some people were correctly bringing up how uh, accurate his passing numbers are, which I'm not even kidding. He completed like 70% of his passes in case. What did he do at McNeese? I think it was like forty nine or something, but you know what can you do when <laughs> what can you do when the infrastructure around you is awful? You know, I mean, it was fine at K State. He completes seventy percent of his passes. I I don't mean to slander hey, Daniel. Hey, uh, how many of which of the two Sam's or Waters has uh, an All Big Twelve quarterback mark on his resume? Because it's one of the two. Daniel Sam's got All Big Twelve. He did. He was honorable mention All Big Twelve in twenty thirteen because our Bryles voted for him after he rushed for almost two hundred yards against him. And uh, Jake Waters never actually got any honorable mention uh, all-conference acclaim because there were some really good quarterbacks. So I think it was like Bryce Petty and who else was in the league in 14. Um, was uh, oh It wasn't Trevor Knight. I don't I don't know. Anyway. Boy, we're going deep down the path here. It was really Art Bryles. He acknowledged he voted for it? I, that, everybody speculated it was Art Bryles because Sam's had that. He rushed for a buck 99 against Baylor and almost beat him the week, a, week after or the week before he should have won at Oklahoma this is State. A weird podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're talking TCU, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Hey, when we get off the rails, the B is back. Oh, my God. The B is back. Uh. When we get off the rails, things tend to work well for Kansas State. Okay, yeah. Uh, let me let me get us back on track because this is where I was going before we got sidetracked with the will portion of that and who was going to start. If and when Avery is out there, is this the week that we finally see them cut it a little bit more loose with the offense with him? I feel like you're you're, you're going to hit that point. I think this would be the week where you would naturally hit that point where you would likely have to, whether or not you really want to, when you go into the game. I think they'll do it when. It is necessary to win, right? And I, uh, I don't know if it'll be necessary to well, beat TCU. Well, it's interesting. This is where we need Cole. What What do you think of TCU's defense here, and how equipped will they be to stop? Yeah, did you do your research? I did. I've got a whole thing of notes right here. You know, Lock us out, of, baby. Tons of research. By the way, did you guys know that uh, TCU's leading tackler, his name is Namdi Obiaser? Obiaser, I'm sorry. Yeah. Does that name sound familiar, John? I thought you were going with Namdi Awesomewa. Chidi's older brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's their leading tackler at TCU, they can't tackle each other because they both play defense. Yeah, that's a great, great analysis right there. That's what we bring you on for. Uh, look, oh, I recruiting. Yeah, yeah, well, that too for sure. Um, look, TCU. The, the the thing I struggle with with TCU is so. First of all, 
This is the first game this year they're an underdog. First of all, they lost at home to West Virginia. Yeah, and they, well, yeah, they're four and three. Uh, I'm home to Colorado. Yeah, that actually. Uh, He's also maybe according, yeah, according to the advanced metrics, Colorado is actually the worst team that uh, TCU has played out of everybody, outside of Nichols, FCS team. But uh, you look at TCU's schedule, they were favored in all seven games to start the year, which is why we thought they may be coming to Manhattan as an overrated top 10, top 15 team in the country. They lost three games as favorites. They're an underdog in this game. It's the first time they're an underdog. But when you look at their schedule, like it is not a a list of teams that you would expect. So like when you look at their numbers, you're like, eh, I mean, how much do you gauge or take away from that? Like Colorado to start the season, they played Iowa State on the road, West Virginia, Houston, BYU, SMU. Like they they it, you look at the offenses of this defense has played. Iowa State's 90th in the SP plus offensively. West Virginia's 53rd in the SP plus. BYU 62nd, Colorado's 38th, SMU's 47th, Houston's 26th. I mean, they've faced a couple decent offenses. Houston's 26th. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that one necessarily. Donovan Houston. Smith, baby. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, I got. They like, did get blown out by Iowa State. Like, I know it was a 13 point, but it felt bigger than it. Yeah. So TCU's defense has held their last six opponents to 5.6 yards per play or less. That's actually a really good number. 5.1 yards per play allowed against six FBS opponents. That ranks 39th nationally. It's fourth in the Big 12. 1.94 points per drive. That ranks 43rd nationally. They held their first three opponents to under two yards per carry on average. The next three games, they allowed 574 yards rushing on 119 carries, nearly five yards per carry. Then last week, they held BYU to under three yards per rush. They've, they've been okay against the run on the year. They're 3.6 yards per carry. Tech was 3.5 yards per carry. I have seen people say on the, the boards and elsewhere, D.Y., that, oh, I think the Avery Johnson thing, it was just going up against a horrible Texas Tech defense, a horrible run defense, and that's really not true. Oh, I was I was seeing that, like, Big 12-wide, kind of Big 12 Twitter. I think it was on 365 in their comment section. I was like, people... People are slow to come around, but like Tech has a pretty good defense. That's a lazy take to me. Yeah, I don't know. You guys, yeah, I mean, because they, they were three and a half yards per carry going to that game. I talked about it on the preview podcast. Oregon's lowest rushing yards per carry is 5.1 on the season. That was against Washington. They had 3.6 against against Texas Tech. There was a discussion point in the media where I was told, you know, multiple times, it's like, like Texas Tech, it's on the 30-yard touchdown run. What are you doing? I'm like, they had nine in the box. What are you doing? They're like, why wouldn't you leave a deep safety back to protect against the long run? I was like, yeah, to yeah. I was like, what are, what are we doing here? They had nine in they had nine in the box in third and ten, and still couldn't touch Avery Johnson. And it was really well blocked. Also, I mean, let's give some credit there. But yeah, I mean, I, a lot of teams wouldn't expect you to really run on third and ten either. There, no, but but that's that's how predictable it kind of was. Third and ten, heavy box, still run. Yeah, but you are setting something up with that QB sweep as well where you roll Avery out on like a sweep like that and then pop that tight end over on the backside and throw it think of the defense gonna suck up there are still things that I am anxious to see them do offensively with Avery that where they they fake the run or they look like they sell a formation that's a run with him and, and they hit him with a big play yeah maybe you gotta be careful of a win downfield well everybody's just got to do their jobs up front offensive yeah. line starting to play a little better well, but, how about- but you have to block for a run you can end up worth three yards downfield it's hard to sell it when you can't go more than three yards down. Well, I'm, I'm saying that's why it's get to the, that's why you see less of those plays because it's easy to get an illegal man downfield. But all this stuff is great. How about just let Avery drop back and throw the freaking ball? 
Like, so I don't, I don't understand why this has to be. I mean, it's still through tricky. Still like, I, I understand. Still nine times in thirty-five plays. Yeah, I don't. That's like almost twenty-five percent. But they I did. Don't. Did you think they were letting it? So they let him throw three times on that last drive, put away the game. Do you feel like that was them maybe letting him loose a little bit more to like say, hey, going forward, yeah. we got to show. Yeah, but as they do it, they have to win. Yeah, they they would have kicked themselves if they didn't run more the way he was so successful. So my only thing is, so like this is a big recruiting weekend too, right? There's a lot of recruits coming into Manhattan, some you know potential flips that you've written about DY on KSO. Don't let a recruiting dictate what you do within a game. Well, uh, so I just uh, worry like we we talked about they need to elevate the wide receiver position, right? And recruiting there, and like if you continue to like we know Avery can pass, right? But if you bring a recruit in or they just see like you're you're running it. 80% of the time, it's hard to sell to wide receivers, even though, like, next year you're like, yeah, we're going to let him throw a ton next year. Well, like, if you only let him throw 10, 12 times in a game, like, how are they going to sell that? I mean, between the two, they threw over 20 times. I know it's – I think we're probably jumping to that conclusion maybe a little too quick. Okay. It's my my thing, because he's only played extended action once. The other times it gets – Yeah, but, I see, I take this – I take it back to just a conservative approach overall with him, which includes not playing. I don't think Oklahoma it's a conservative State. approach. I think it's the winning approach. Well, I, it didn't win in Stillwater when they didn't put him on the damn field. Well, yeah, I'm but, saying being, but when he's been on the field, I think that okay. But I, I think their entire approach with it is just being a little too hesitant to put him into positions that they think could make him unsuccessful. And I think they are underestimating the poise that he has with with some of these things and. Same with Mizzou. I would take it back to Mizzou, you know, not letting him throw the ball or be on the field more against Mizzou. I think for they have been... Me, for me, it was even less about throwing against Missouri. Just let him stay on the field on third and short. Yeah. They've just been, I think, a little too conservative with it. I can understand. I'm, I'm cutting them slack for it because it's his true freshman year, right? Like, I, I get why, and I, and I get what they're trying to do, but I think at this point, we've seen enough to be like, hey, go give him a shot. If you're arguing that he should have played against Oklahoma State, I would agree. Yep. If you're arguing, like, are they putting the trading wheels on him when it comes to the passing game, I don't think we have enough of the sample size. D.Y., did you hear what Avery said to me about uh, eagerness to show off his Hey, he, he clearly wants to throw. Yeah. I know you listen. Because I listened to it, Yeah, and I heard him say that. He, he, said, he said the rap on me is that I'm just a runner. Yeah, you, you could tell, like, I sense, like, did you sense kind of annoyed him a little bit that, like, people think he's yes. just a, a running quarterback right now? But he, I mean, he wasn't criticizing, like, Colin Klein. He went no, to but... saying, like, he has full faith in what the, the coaches are doing and the play calling, and he's just here to do his job. Uh, but I could see, like, you know, ever, he knows he can spin it. You were Treshawn Ward after the game talk about, like, oh, this dude, he can throw. That was, that was a great my quote. question. So, oh, all right. Credit to DY for the question. Proper attribution there. Hang so, a banner, DY. Yeah. Really good question. You said really good quote. Really good question. Oh, great, great question. So yeah, well, I mean, look, I don't know that we've really solved much as it equates to Avery Johnson, but I, I certainly would like to see them okay do more with him. I, I guess I'll put it this way: yes, do what you got to do to win, but you also have to have some level of thinking more long term with it too. And right. I always have to be the guy to come in and be like injury, injury, injury. But you do have to think about that as well. You can't be carrying it twenty times yeah. a game. The I rest put it of in your group chats. You know, it's not sustainable to do that. Well, from an injury standpoint, even you know, teams are going to make him throw. So I'm with you. Quick hitter. Stealing, mm. stealing your um, feature here. Who starts? Oh, I said Will. I think Will's. You guys both went Will. Well, I and I, I'm going to go with Avery. Okay. I think it's going to be Avery. Okay. And uh, uh, here's where I, 
it's going to be a very loud eruption if it's Avery. A lot of excitement and yeah, but think about here's my problem. If it's not Will, if it is Avery, at some point you bring Will in. I don't think Route Two. I like that. I think it's easier for Will to start than come off the bench because I think you get the the moans. At it. Like I don't want that for Will. Yeah, I don't, I don't, the crowd reaction. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be just like some minor grumbling. Literally, uh, you wouldn't. He wouldn't probably hear. I much think of it. most people will be pretty yeah. chill because the stadium is not. That's not Twitter. Yeah. Like if it were fifty thousand <laughs> K State <laughs> Twitter folks, <laughs> then yeah. But I just, I just harken back to where the, the stadium wasn't even full and when Avery Johnson. Came up first time. I, I do worry. Like you start Avery, he struggles a little bit, and then you got to pull him. Like does his confidence get shaken? Some no. But, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Because again, I get back to how mature that guy is. I mean, really, just uh, an impressive. Yeah, no. Impressive see, I don't worry about any of that with that. Like, I just don't. I, he seems as composed. You're not going to possibly him. ask for. Yeah, to shake him. Yeah, it's interesting. The loaded true freshman quarterback class. Whether that would be class of 2023 for recruiting. And Shout Avery, Avery was in the top ten, obviously. But there was a lot of good quarterbacks. There's not only, playing. Not there's, playing. There's right. only three playing. One is Dante Moore, who's kind of struggling. Yeah, he is. And two is Jane Rashada, who's probably been underrated. I think he's. Isn't he hurt now? They're down to like their third string guy. Yeah, but he was pretty good when he was. Yeah, he started the year at quarterback. At, uh, Tennessee probably fans, I think they want Nico to play. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because Avery's one of the few. No, I, it's interesting you bring that up because I was looking the other day. I was like, you know, I was like, oh, like, is he frustrated? He's not getting to play as much. And then I'm like, mm, JJ Cole, Iowa State, not playing at all. Jackson Arnold stuck behind Dylan Gabriel, who's playing well. So obviously, Arch Manning can't get on the field because Quinn Ewers at Texas. So, like, you look at all these other Nico you just mentioned, and Dante Moore hasn't played well at UCLA. I mean, I guess he's been okay. He's a freshman, but a lot of interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of those top 10 quarterbacks that were in that recruiting class that haven't seen the field. I still would argue, like, I think Avery might, might have been underrated uh, because I just feel like that dude just watching him and what a player he can be. So just got to get him more weapons, got to get him some more skill talent. I, I think Jace Brown, he talked about Jace Brown to you, your question after the game about how he's his best friend. You know what? Smart guy. Got the star-studded true freshman quarterback program. Going to be his best friend. You're going to get so many balls, man. Yeah. And he's roommate. They're roommates, yeah. he told me on the – the podcast. So, if there's if there's someone you should be a true if you're a true freshman receiver if there's someone you should be best friends with Avery Johnson's a good place to start. It, it wasn't just Chase Brown with that catch late in the game. He was in a decent amount of snaps. Well, blocked his ass off. Yeah, he blocked well, and he's not the biggest wide receiver, and he's a true freshman. And he had been what out sick with something like a couple weeks before, so he's just now getting back into swinging things. But Avery talked about him, like you know, and he talked about Trace Ivy. Obviously, we've heard about Trey before, but he mentioned Trey just didn't have the opportunity because he arrived in June. He didn't have as much time to get ingrained into the Play, offense. Playbook so, thing for him. Yeah, right he's now. just playing, playing a little bit of catch-up. Uh, do you hear anything about Wesley Watson or Andre Davis, D.Y., the other two freshman wide receivers redshirting? Well, Andre wasn't in uniform in the last one. So he's banged up. So, presumably. Yeah, I haven't heard have not heard much on that front. Uh, look, we've talked a lot about the K-State offense, TCU defense. Let's uh, let's get to the other side of the ball after we step aside and thank our friends at uh, Home Field Apparel. If you can see, here, I'll bring my knees down because I'm cold, but thank goodness for my You're thank goodness cold. for my, yeah, thank goodness for my home field jacket, my home field bomber jacket or else I would be in a lot of trouble. DY's got the Home Field K-State shirt with the old school Cats logo. Uh, if you go to homefieldapparel.com 
You can use promo code 3MA23 to get 15% off your first order. So make sure and uh, hit up our friends. It's like better. we like, have a college game day set up here. Kind of is. It's pretty nice. Um, this is where we really need your your helmet tossing. Oh, uh, I didn't to, bring to them. Come back out. Uh, we can bad. make some picks if you want. That's too bad. Well, I was I was gonna get there. I was gonna get there. I will ask if you have. I have an idea though. If you bring your helmets next time, we can put one on a tee, and we'll just drill it. The golf. Oh, I got my you know, driver. You know what the people really need? My lead pipe block of the week. Yeah. Well, I I don't have yes. one, but I will. I will see if you guys do. Guys, if you want to go broke later, <laughs> tune in. Yeah, but actually, it was my first losing weekend to Audi. But please save a little money for Homefield Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. They've got hundreds. Uh, 100 plus schools, including obviously K State, tons of great stuff there. Get the bomber jacket, highly recommend. 3 Mod 23 will get you uh, 15% off. Uh, we're back in just a moment. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, other side of the ball, TCU offense. I guess we did touch on uh, Chandler Morris. He's out for a month, so we're going to see uh, Josh Hoover play quarterback through 400-plus yards, four touchdowns, two picks in uh, demolishing BYU last week. K-State defense seems in an okay spot. Stop, fair to say. Stop giving up big plays. But, but they're fact, sol- solid. They're, they're getting too hard of a rap. I think you would agree. Yeah, I mean, I think their defense has been okay, honestly. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at the final numbers of the last yeah. couple of weeks, it always feels frustrating in the game. And at the end, at the end of the game, you look, oh, Texas Tech had, and again, mm-hmm. I know circumstances. You are facing Jake third Schoen. string quarterback for the second half of that game, right? Um, What's funny? Like, I wanted to point this out. You can say recruited Jake Schroen didn't offer him. That's what I was telling which, John, after which the game. I think he was kind of frustrated about because they're like, we're going to wait on Avery. Well, fine, I'm going to commit to Texas Tech. Well, he found I mean, out. it's beat by Avery Johnson. Well, he found out why they waited on Avery Johnson. But then after the game, someone, I think Chris Kleiman, he asked us, he's like, was that kid a true freshman? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is a subtle jab. I, yeah, you recruited. Yeah. I remember his dad posting on KSO during his recruitment. Yeah. And uh, and I was, John called me after the tech game, and I was like, you know, Jake Strong's that kid that they recruited pretty hard, but they didn't officially offer because they were slow playing him for Avery. And remember, there were a lot of fans getting frustrated, like, oh, Avery hasn't committed. They got to offer this strong kid. Tech came in, 
other teams, I think they made the right decision. I'm not giving up on Jake Strong as a quarterback necessarily. I think he'll be fine. I'm not. But, giving, uh, I'm not giving up on Avery. That's probably that's probably a wise decision. Um, but yeah, like the the game against Tech, 21 drive or 21 points on 12 drives. Oklahoma State was 22 points on 11 drives with really 19 because field goal was a gimme given to him by the offense. So then, then what was 24 on 10 drives? That was UCF. I mean, and UCF's offense somehow still grades out top 25 in the SP+. Plus. That's because Timmy McLean, baby. Yeah, they're 21st offensively in the SP+. Plus rankings. They have, they have, they're so explosive still because of Timmy McLean. They're also so pull your hair out and scream obscenities because of Timmy McLean. Well, John Rice Plumley is back this week, so. Oh, but he was back for KU, and you saw what, how that. Well, they've had a bye, so I think he's did, now back back. Did you guys know that? I didn't mean to divert us back to the K-State offense. Did you know in the SP Plus, K-State's offense is ranked 12 nationally? Got to be more explosive, but a lot, a lot, like got a lot going for him. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, really it was the Oklahoma State game that yeah, was the. It, us included, so I'm not going to, all the fans suck, they don't, us included. A little bit of overreaction to one game. Yeah, because, I mean, Missouri. But it was a bad game. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, I am so sick, though. I have There's a faction of a couple Oklahoma State fans that have been so offended that I continue to say that was the worst game K-State has played in a long time. I got it again for saying that on 365 yesterday. I was like, it's the worst they'll play this year. It, it, it is. That is, I don't care what, like, Oklahoma State may turn their season around and go 10-2. and two. Yeah, good for them. That was still the worst effort that I've seen K-State put out there. They're not going to get 10-2. and two, but years. They can go 8-4. Oh, I, 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 I do look forward to watching them play Oklahoma and Stillwater. See you just how Pat look. Well, yeah, they probably won't win that game. They might lose at West Virginia. But yeah, oh, of course. Mike Gundy and Bet. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. So TCU <laughs> offense against Kansas State's defense. Josh Huber, 38 of 59 passing for 447 yards last week against BYU. What? Is that a fluke? Well, I mean, he's a redshirt freshman. I don't uh, remember him as a recruit. It's because he was the 42nd ranked quarterback in the on three consensus in the 2022 recruiting class. He wasn't like a high. He was pedigree. an Indiana commit. Yeah. I mean, his profile doesn't really show other offers. They got him to decommit from Indiana. Um, Michael so, Penix came from Indiana. Sonny Dykes said, uh, yeah, Michael Penix did come from Indiana. It must suck for them to watch what he's doing uh, as they scuffle to another two or three win season. I'm trying to find the quote that I had pulled by the sunny by the, uh, bet that I did hit last week. Sorry for going off on a It's cold time. Was Indiana over five and a half points against Michigan? 13 total was five and a half. Well, Indiana's that's the toughest team that Michigan's right. beaten this year. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Josh Hoover uh, played high school football in Texas, concluded his high school career with nearly 10,000 yards passing and 1,008 touchdowns. Sonny Dyke said he wasn't surprised by his game against BYU because he said he's the most prepared player on the team. If he so, wasn't surprised by it, then why didn't he play him? Well, he <laughs> said he's the most prepared player on the team. He's got kind of a three-quarter arm release. He's 6'196 pounds. Here's the difference between with him, though, and Chandler Morris. So Hoover, Hoover didn't even run the ball, really, in high school. He had five rushing touchdowns. He didn't really use yeah. his legs. He's a pocket passer. Yeah. Chandler Morris was running for about six yards a carry and over 250 yards. It's more of a drop-back traditional yeah. game. And Kendall Bryles is a kind of a running quarterback guy, so this is different for him. Yeah. Uh, the offense functioned better with him than it has. I know, but Kendall Bryles has always needed the QB run game for that offense to go. So you wonder, after that one week, do you start to hit a little bit? Yeah, so... um. 
He averaged 7.6 yards per pass against BYU, but for TCU as a team, the previous high for passing attempts in a game this year was 42 against Colorado. He threw it 59 times, which kind of shows you the, the game plan with him on the field. Most yards passing in a game for TCU this year before that game, 314. Again, 447 against BYU. And again, BYU, despite John inaccurately portraying them as a good team all year, is a really bad football team. Kendall Bryles and that Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin tired a lot of those guys. You know, remember Lane Kiffin was the same guy. Might have been with Jeff Lepi. Who's the old, old mess OC under Lane Kiffin? That was from the Kendall Bryles coach tree. Was it Kendall Bryles? Well, wasn't that... Wasn't it Levy? Yeah, well, yeah. same tree. Yeah, uh, those guys. I think. Are yeah, they're related. they're all connected. I think they're brother-in-law. Yeah. But that's the same one that ran Matt Corral forty times. More. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm I'm looking at the TCU offensive numbers here that I had pulled. Like they're 26 in the country at five yards per carry. They've been effective running the ball. 63rd in yards per pass attempt. 71st at 11.8 yards per completion. 4.6% sack rate. That's 36 nationally in the country in terms of sack rate allowed. Now, Amani Bailey, their running back, he's number seven Very in the good. country. Yeah, he's number seven in the country with 751 rushing yards. And Dre Miller, who? Yeah, yeah. What's What I would say is interesting about that, though, is like K-State has already played two top five running backs in rushing yards. It's, who leads the country in rushing right now? You guys know? Texas? No. Oh, like a in terms of a back, not a team? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, an individual. K-State's played him. Ollie Gordon? No. Troy guy? Yeah. Kamani Vidal has 951 yards rushing. By the way, Ollie Gordon's been good. Yeah, he's been great. Um, You know, so 951 yards rushing to lead the country right now, and that's with him only having like 80 against K-State. And really, it was one big run against Kansas State. They bottled him up, and then Taj Brooks is top five in the country in rushing yards. Wait, I thought K-State did... Well, see, there's this journalist, college football, football savant down in Texas, uh, Ian Snoyd or something. What was going to go like he's that? He's still taking shots uh, at Ian Boyd. You know, I he, teed him up. He said, K-State, yeah, he teed it up for it. Uh, anyways, uh, running back, Amani Bailey, number seven in the country, with 750 rushing yards on the season. Um, Bailey has over 1,700 yards rushing in his career, 6.1 yards per carry in his career. Started his career, actually, at Louisiana. Um, TCU's turned it over six times in the last two games. A lot of interceptions thrown. Hoover threw two picks against yeah. BYU. They've got 12 turnovers on the season. I think they're 97th in the country in giveaways per game, so they haven't particularly taken care of the football. I think turnovers will be a big part of this game to watch, too. Can K-State have another two or three turnover type force game? I need, I need, I'm going to need some pass rush. Now, I know they, they got after Baron Morton, obviously, but Klanerman, Klanerman was dialing up a lot of heat, uh, it felt like, last Well, week. would you dial up it was from the front most of the time. They they did bring uh, yeah they 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 brought some blitzes man well the first half why wouldn't you bring blitzes again when they're down their starting quarterback and not a, a redshirt freshman because who do they have behind him right and you know he's not a that mobile of a guy by all accounts yeah. like you tell us who do they have behind him? I don't know like if you I'm I'm saying you got a redshirt <laughs> freshman like who would you have behind it's him like, you starting quarterback last year they, they probably like you know look. uh I will say they probably got some sort of transfer because TCU's got a million transfers on the offensive side of the football. It is insane. It's Well, it's easy to capitalize on the transfer market if you're TCU or SMU because you have a lot of kids from Dallas that were well thought of as recruits. They go somewhere for one or two years. It doesn't work out. You go home. Hey, a lot of go back home. Yeah. 
Well, D.Y., I just think the receivers, J.P. Richardson, Oklahoma State wide receiver transfer, leading receiver 400 yards on the season. So like Sam Richardson in Iowa State? What? I don't know. I just got the sign that we got to wrap it up, though. So if you have a if you have a note here that you want to get to left, uh, that's ECU. I I, I don't. Uh, we'll, we'll just, like, they got some talented guys at wide receiver. Jared Wiley, a tight end, a guy I'd watch out for. He's had over 100 yards in two year. games against Kansas State last year on nine receptions. So. I'd watch out for him. They got speed. They got transfers from Alabama. They got transfers from LSU. Uh, they got transfers from Minnesota, UCF, Oklahoma at wide receiver. So, uh, and then Savion Williams is a six foot five, two hundred twenty five pound horse at wide receiver as well. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully yeah, back. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, DY, you picking North Carolina AT and T this week as your lock of the week or something like that? Wake Forest. Okay. It's Pittsburgh. Pitt coming off the high last week. Give me Wake Forest. What, what is what is the number? Well, I think it was plus one. I put it at money line, but it was plus one. Oh, Wake wasn't even favored. No. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Cole mm-hmm. hadn't looked yet. Yeah, I don't. I, I've got nothing. I'm. I've got to be honest. Like, because I was not, our re- original plan was that I was not going to be on this uh, midweek show, so I didn't have uh, an outline put together. My mm-hmm. apologies. Yeah, I, I I can quickly give you one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say K State wins. Uh, Thirty to twenty-three. I'll take. The Cats by a touchdown. That's been my line throughout this week. I've seen the number at like six and a half. I'm going K-State barely covering. It's a one possession game. What do you think, Cole? Well, all the metrics have it between a six, seven point game. TCU's number 25 and Brian Freemouth's F-plus rankings. K-State's number 20. And in the SP-plus, TCU's number 27. K-State's number 21. So it's a relatively evenly matched game. I forgot to mention TCU special teams rank 105th in the country. According to the SP Plus, John, John's a, a special team snob. Yeah, I just thought he would. Uh, I would. Appre- I thought he would appreciate that I TCU do. has not been good on special teams. I I think Kansas State comes out and uh, I think they win this game rather handily. Actually, I think it's. Uh, I'm gonna take K State thirty five, TCU twenty. Thirty one twenty one. Thirty. I, we're not even kicking a field goal. Thirty five to twenty. You're gonna be chucking beer bottles in uh, Fort Worth in anger. So you're going to Fort Worth. No, I'm saying they're going to be chucking beer bottles in Fort Worth out of anger and disgust. I mean, the 20 of them that remain TCU football. I was just saying, you know, whoever's in the ship, whoever's still watching. Yeah. Whoever's still watching at this point this year. All right. Well, thank you to uh, everybody out here at Colbert Hills and uh, Wildcat NIL for uh, hanging out with us today, giving us a great setup, uh, making it a little more scenic for those of you that are uh, that are watching along on YouTube. This time around, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you to uh, our friends at Holiday Distillery. Go get your Ben Holiday bottled in Bond bourbon and your 360 vodka uh, to make sure you're stocked up for the tailgate this Saturday and next Saturday uh, when Houston comes to town, 11 a.m., by the way. So some Bloody Marys or something, you can get all of that dialed up and ready to go. And go get your uh, home field apparel. Get this sweet bomber jacket that I'm rocking right now, and uh, you can you can look great out at your tailgate and at the stadium. Uh, four. Tucker Franklin, behind the scenes. Derek Young, Cole Manbeck. I'm John Kurtz. Thank you for listening. Remon.